Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy and for making us to be among the living today. Glory, praise, honor, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Lord in heaven, we want to live for you and glorify your name. We ask, Lord, that you will consecrate us to your service. Speak to words. Speak to us, Lord, words that will sanctify us and make us clean and will give us power to live and glorify for your name, O Lord. Put your words in my mouth, O Lord, that I will speak words that will edify and bless all who would listen. Grant me your spirit and your, grant to all who would listen your spirit too, that they may be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our high calling, January 3, compassed with God's mercy. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusted in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Psalm 32 verse 10. We often think that those who serve God have more trials than the unbeliever and that the path marked out for them to travel in is rugged. But does the sinner enjoy his worldly pleasure and enjoyment unalloyed? Oh no! There are times when the sinner is fearfully troubled. He fears God but does not love him. Are the wicked free from disappointment, perplexity, earthly losses, poverty and distress? Many of them suffer a lingering sickness, yet have no strong and mighty one to lean upon, no strengthening grace from a higher power to support them in their weakness. They lean upon their own strength. They obtain no consolation by looking forward to the future, but a fearful uncertainty torments them, and thus they close their eyes in death, not finding any pleasure in looking forward to the resurrection morn. For they have no cheering hope that they shall have part in the first resurrection. The Christian is subject to sickness, disappointment, poverty, reproach and distress. Yet, amid all this, he loves God. He chooses to do his will and prizes nothing so highly as his approbation. In the conflicting trials and changing scenes of this life, he knows that there is one who knows it all, one who will bend his ear low to the cry of the sorrowful and distressed one who can sympathize with every sorrow and soothe the keen anguish of every heart. Amid all his affliction, the Christian has strong consolation. And if God permits him to suffer a lingering distress and sickness before he closes his eyes in death, he can with cheerfulness bear it all. He contemplates the future with heavenly satisfaction. 
a short rest in the grave and then the life giver will break the fetters of the tomb, release the captive and bring him from his dusty bed, immortal, never to know pain, sorrow or death. Oh, what a hope is the Christian's! Let this hope of the Christian be mine. Let it be yours. Amen and Amen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. The title of our devotion today is Compassed with God's Mercy. If you have been following, you would have seen that the devotion from January 1st is a call. A call for us to live a life that is faithful to God. A life of fidelity to Him, of allegiance and loyalty because of the love that He has shown to us. God is good. And in His goodness, He sent His Son to die on the cross of Calvary for our sins. This love ought to awaken in us a love for Him. For all that He has done, He deserves our loyalty, our allegiance and faithfulness. We ought not to do anything that will not please Him. He deserves every sacrifice we can give to Him and we resolved that this year, we will give ourselves to Him to glorify Him. Yesterday, we looked at the devotion titled, Which Way? Telling us and urging us to walk in the narrow way as opposed to walking in the broad way. Both people in the narrow way and the broad way are aiming to go to the kingdom of God. The problem is that in the broad way, those there believe that anything goes. They believe that they can do anything and still make it. But in the narrow way, things are narrow. You must drop your pride, your self-indulgence. You must drop your envy, your malice, your hatred, your unforgiving heart. You must drop your prideful dress. You must drop your pride of opinion, your unsanctified ideas and doctrines. If you must walk the narrow way, and that will make it to be that the way looks difficult because it cannot accommodate self. But because of this, Satan makes people think that the narrow way is an obstacle to progress, but that is a lie. The, the devil makes many of us to believe that it is because of our conscientiousness, our conscientious obedience to the word of God that hinders our progress. But it is a lie. And if we adopt that mindset, we will feel like the narrow way is stopping our progress. Do not flatter yourself that if you should yield the truth, all obstacles to your acquiring property would be removed. Satan tells you this. It is his sophistry. If God's blessing rests upon you because you surrender all to him, you will prosper. If you turn from God, he will turn from you. His hand can scatter faster than you can gather. Testimonies, Volume 2, page 496, Paragraph 1 Now, let us analyze what the devil says. He says to you that the reason you have no job is because you are being too conscientious. You are walking that narrow way. Change your date of birth. Lie in your CV. Embellish it. Change your local government if it needs to. And then you will progress. But is that true? 
go and find out how many people have done that and see their end whether they really got what they wanted many times people have done this and been hopeful thinking that in breaking god's commandments they will progress but many have not progressed they have they have failed he also tells you oh you are dressing too narrowly in this your narrow way dressing you won't use the makeup your your skirt is too long and loose it's not tight tighten it up bring the neckline down so that your breast can show embellish your hair and your face with makeup and artificials shorten that skirt let your laps and your skin show a while so that you can attract people to yourself and you'll find a husband like we see here ask the people who have done that how market how has it been for them ask them and they will tell you look around you and see those who have broken the commandment of god whether it is well with them it has not been well with them the bible is true the word of god is powerful it shall not be well with the wicked and it has not been well with the wicked it is only apparently that the wicked progresses in reality they do not progress go and look at it you know why this is a problem when people go against the commandments of god thinking that they will progress for example what i just said with respect to marriage you attract to yourself the wrong people when you break the barriers of social reform of how a man ought to relate with a woman and feel that oh if i permit them to touch me if i permit them to do this and do that first of all you've you've already dressed in the wrong way and then your manner of relating with them you allow things that should not be allowed you permit things that should not be permitted there's so much undue familiarity and unwarranted liberties are taken and you think that in doing this you will secure for yourself a man or a woman you may do that but guess what you attracted to yourself the wrong kind of person for a child of god will know these things and will not be attracted to such things but when you break these commandments of god so that you can get what you want you attract yourself the wrong kind of people and that is why the marriage will fail and also when it comes to the issue of job like i mentioned earlier financial prosperity so-called when you do those things changing date of birth and all that you attract to yourself the wrong job if god was going to give you the job and give you the husband you have to follow his way but when you choose to go your way you may get what you want but it is not the will of god for you you may get the riches but that was not the will of god it is the type in 1 timothy chapter 6 reading from verse from verse uh, let me say from verse 8 that talks about those who go after riches that destroy them the lord knows what is best for us and if we walk in his way he will order our life in such a manner that he will choose what comes to us and we will not attract to ourselves things that are not good so reading from verse 9 it says but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou o man and woman of god flee these things and follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience meekness fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses amen in the broad way there's still sickness there's still pain there's still disease and even more because if you were in the narrow way you would follow the right lifestyle of health 
you will not eat anything and everything you will eat only that which the lord has prescribed for you and it will give you good health even though the lord permits those in the christian life to have sickness does the wicked not have sickness also if you lose your loved one your son your daughter your parents and you are a christian does that not also happen to the wicked both the christian and the worldling alike pass through distress but there is a difference the christian has the hope of resurrection the christian has the joy of salvation the christian has the joy of salvation in his sickness he has peace in his mind knowing that all is well between him and god but how has it been for the wicked like we saw in the reading it says concerning the wicked it says there are at times when the sinner is fearfully troubled he fears god but does not love him his conscience troubles him his conscience disturbs him but for the wicked that is but for the christian rather that is not the case he is at peace with god he has the hope of eternal life who among them should rejoice jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 says let not the wise man glory in his wisdom neither let the mighty man glory in his might let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glory yet glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me that i am the lord that exercise loving kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight saith the lord why is god saying do not rejoice because of your influence and power that you have gotten or because of your certificate of so-called wisdom and bscs and mscs do not rejoice because of your riches that you have amassed why you are dying you don't have eternal life and that is why he said let anyone who glories who rejoices who gives testimonies give testimony because you understand and know god how many people come to church and say i want to testify the lord has helped me to overcome this sin i want to testify i'm knowing god better the lord is helping me to overcome my sin many people give testimony of i've gotten visa to travel abroad i have i have i have gotten a job i've gotten a wife god is saying look do not give testimonies about such things that's not what matters what matters is to know god why john 17 verse 3 and this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent you don't have eternal life and you are rejoicing you are dying all the riches you have amassed and so-called wealth and wisdom is going to be nothing very soon because you are going to die you have not secured eternal life and you are rejoicing now what does it mean to know god 1 john chapter 2 verse 3 hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments verse 4 for he that saith i know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him so when god is saying let him that gives testimony let him that rejoiceth and glorieth glory in this that he understands and knoweth me that is that he now knows and is keeping my commandments that is what should make you rejoice because the commandments are given for the sake of prolonging your life when the rich young ruler came to meet Jesus, he asked Jesus, Master, what shall I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Keep the commandments. That is the book of Mark chapter 10, reading from verse 17. 
He asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? In verse 19, Jesus said, Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, all these have I observed from my youth up. If you read the account in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19, reading from verse 16 to 30, there Jesus told him clearly, if you must enter into life, keep the commandments. Matthew chapter 19 verse 17, and he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Do you see why God is saying we should rejoice in that we know him? Because to know him is to keep the commandments and if you keep the commandments, you enter into life. Oh, my brothers and sisters, do not let the devil make you think that the keeping of the commandments is a hindrance or an obstacle to your progress because it is not. It is a lie. Ask the rest of the world how it has been with them. Has they, have they been prospering? If you look at it in statistical terms, some feel like, oh, it's the Sabbath I'm keeping that's hindering my progress. Is that true? The rest, 90% of the world is not keeping the Sabbath. And yet, we are still in poverty. Many of them are not progressing. So do not think that it is your conscientious keeping of the Sabbath that is causing you not to progress. It is not. If God will prosper the wicked, he will prosper them, whether they keep the commandments or not. And even you who are conscientious, a conscientious Christian, God may see it best for you not to progress. Financially, I mean, because you are because you're actually progressing, because you are keeping his commandments and you are living the life of God. Progress and all this financial breakthrough and even husband, if God or wife, if, if you are keeping the commandments of God and you have not gotten one, a spouse, do not break it so that you can get one. God is ordering your life. Allow him to choose for you. If he sees that it's best for you to remain single, remain single. If he sees that it's best for you not to get so much finance, remain the way you are because God is choosing what is best for you. And for those who are keeping God's commandments, there are many of them who are doing well because God has let it to be so. He sees that they can handle it and he allows them to prosper. And when you go to the side of wicked, the same thing. Many are doing their wickedness and are not prospering. It has not been well with them. I mean financially now. And there are those who are doing their wickedness and thinking, that is their wickedness that is making them to prosper. But it is not. God is the one who is permitting it. He's permitting it and is probably even deceiving them. So what are we learning today? Do not entertain the thought that the narrow way is an obstacle to your progress or that the commandments of God is an obstacle to your progress. Trust in the Lord. Continue in the narrow way and do what the Lord has asked you to do. And whatever he determines to be your lot whether it is in sickness, in poverty, in reproach, in distress, remember that you have the hope of eternal life, the hope of a resurrection which the wicked does not have. Do not entertain the thought that when you remove the obstacles, so-called obstacles, that the commandment is one. Do not look at the commandment as an obstacle and that when you stop, when you go against it, you will now progress. Let that thought go away from your mind. I pray that God will help us and impress this truth on our heart through his spirit so that we can secure for ourselves eternal life and really know god may that be our experience in jesus name amen let us pray 
Our loving Father in heaven, I thank you for the lessons that you have taught us just now. I pray for all of us who are listening. Some of us are struggling to walk in the right way. We have determined and decided to do so. Lord, we ask for grace and power. Perhaps there's someone listening now who is convinced and wants to make a decision. I pray, Lord, that you will help them to make that decision to drop their besetments, to secure eternal life by walking in that narrow way and receiving strength from you to do so. Help such a one who is weak and wondering, how can I make it in this life because the devil is deceiving him. Lord, help such a one to believe and trust in you that you can take care of them. Give us victory over our besetments and over whatever sin is in our life. To the end that we will glorify your name. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen.